0: hey everyone my name is martel Mann, and this is the corporate itch podcast where we have authentic conversations about the black experience in corporate america and provide a framework to help you advance in your career and climb the corporate ladder stay tuned Hey, everyone. On today's episode, we'll talk with Facilis Mann. He's an account executive at Salesforce. He'll talk to us about being in sales and what it's like being an introvert in sales. And he'll also share with us his experience with job hopping and how he's been able to use that to his benefit. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Uh, Welcome to the show. I'm going to get right into it today. Today, uh, the guest of my show is my brother, my older brother, by a few seconds. Uh for you that for you all that do not know, I am a triplet. Uh, and this is one of my triplet brothers that is on the show today. And I thought it'd be a good idea to have him on uh to talk about working in sales, uh, and also to talk about job hopping. As you all may know, uh this show is circled around uh six-figure earners, and I- I'm just trying to uh interview people and talk to people to see if we can crack the code uh on earning six figures uh and also navigating the corporate space in corporate America. Um so Vasilis, can you give the folks, you know, a little description of yourself? Um, you know, tell us all what you do for a living, uh, your years of experience, degrees, and whatever else you feel like sharing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You, you said a few seconds, uh I think you made a few <laughs> minutes, but uh but we can we, we can look at the you know, birth certificates to kind of figure out what's what's the true case. So as, uh, as as Martel said, I'm uh I'm his older brother, uh older triplet brother, Facilis man. Uh so I've been in the world of technology sales since 2012, uh working for uh, a few different Fortune 500 companies uh from um from CDW to Uber to, to currently a uh, Salesforce. So, uh, so yeah, so, uh, as far as my education goes, I have a BS in marketing and then I have a MS in integrated marketing and I have, uh, I have a, um, post-bachelor's certificate in advertising. Okay. Great, great. Uh that sounds great man. Thank you for sharing. Um so let's get right into it. Uh, I just want to ask you a little bit about working in sales. Um the first thing I wanted to talk about is that I just I don't see a lot of people in color in sales or I don't know a lot of people of color as in sales and and mainly I'm, I mean black people uh, in sales. I just just don't see it. Uh so I'm curious, how did you end up getting into the sales space? Yeah, so <clears throat> so sales wasn't my initial path uh, for my career. Uh, honestly, I like I said, I got my BS in marketing and my path was I wanted to become a marketing assistant, a marketing associate, get that issue level position in marketing and then work my way up to a, a marketing manager, to director of marketing, to VP of marketing from there. So- You when mean I was like, in my, ad, like ads or like- Advertising? Uh, not oh. not adver- not advertising in particularly just working for any type of company in, in a marketing department, uh, okay. just help, helping them out with those type of needs. So that was the direction in, that I was going uh, when I was in college. So when I was in my junior year and senior year, I was doing a lot of applying for for those type of positions, and I wasn't getting any. I wasn't getting any callbacks. I, I worked all through college, so instead of doing internships in the summer. I was uh, working at the particular college that I was at, uh, doing maintenance work, doing security, uh, just so I could have some money to pay my rent over the summer and to pay pay other bills as well. So, um, so I ended up in sales because I recently, I mean, well, not recently, but Randomly one summer, I ended up going to a job fair. Well, it actually it wasn't even the summer. I think it was a spring break. I ended up going to a job fair um at the Paul University. And there were a couple of companies that were there, and I ended up scoring interviews with those companies. So I got the got the opportunity to shadow some of the employees there. It seemed like something that would be a good fit. And I mean I just I mean, just to be transparent, the only job offer that I got a week or two before my college graduation was a sales job. I um, and, and, you know, I really didn't want to get into sales. Um, I didn't think my personality really fit sales. So it was something that I was trying to, was trying to go away from. Um, but at that moment, out of desperation, I took the job and it's been a, it's definitely been a blessing uh, that I took that, that I took that position. So. Nice. Nice. That's. That's great to hear. I think, you know, a couple of key points that you touched on there was, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone and, um, you know, going to these job fairs and talking to these different uh, companies and seeing what they have to offer. And um, it's something that I'm showing that you did here uh, that really worked out for you. And I mean, that's one thing that, if anything, I learned in my career that you can't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone and uh, take those chances and take those risks. Uh, so that's that's awesome that you were able to do that and you know job fairs I think is a way a lot of people especially college graduates end up you know getting a job it's a good way to meet their, you know the HR recruiters directly or the hiring people directly uh, and get your resume in front of them so that's that's pretty cool uh, one thing I wanted to you know touch on you kind of brought it up with your personality and I'm kind of hopping jumping around on these questions here uh, but can you talk a little more about that I know you know I'm an introvert I think you're an introvert too um and so I was, and i know with sales it takes a lot and i guess i want to take a little step back as well but with sales it's not your traditional how we may see think about in the 80s or if you saw the movie pursuit of happiness where you know the person is going door to door selling vacuums <laughs> or something like that sales have changed since then yeah you're mainly on the phone right talking to people uh but also yeah. sometimes you meet people in person <laughs> and i wonder how does your you know introverted personality? Uh, you know, work with that. <clears throat> that's a, that's a really good question. Yeah, I'm de- definitely not your traditional sales that you may think of. I'm not going door to door selling knives or anything like that. <laughs> but, um, but 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 you no, know, definitely definitely an introverted personality, which is why I had some concerns about going into sales in the first place. I just did, I just didn't think that I would be cut out for it, but. You know, it's it's interesting because when I was a year or two into my into my role, I was I read this book, um, called Quiet uh, about you know about introverted people. And that's what I really started to dive into what that really means. And in that book, they said that introverted people usually do pretty well in sales because you know a lot of people think sales is um is a position where you're just going up to any everybody and. What what people don't understand about introverted people is that they they thrive in these one on one situations, and that's what sales is a lot of times. A lot of times you're making cold calls, you're making warm calls, you're talking to maybe one person. Sometimes, sometimes as you advance into your career, it's going to be you know a handful of people that you'll have on a having a call, um, or okay. will be meeting with in person. But it's it's not as intimidating as as one would think. I will say there have been some situations where, where definitely, you know, I I get overwhelmed because of my intro, introverted personality, but I would say in my career where I've had to do things like go to trade shows and I've had to cold walk up to people that can be a little bit intimidating or I would say probably the most intimidating aspect of the job being an introvert is the networking piece. It's the, stepping out of your comfort zone and being okay with um, meeting people within your office, talking to leadership, asking for things you want. And I would say th- those are things that I've had to learn uh, over the years. And I just had to kind of put my introverted way my introverted ways to the side and say, hey, I'm going to talk to these people. I'm going to meet with these people. And, and there's ways you can do it to where it do- is not as intimidating. Like, for example, I like to meet meet with a lot of my colleagues one on one. Um and I will set personal meetings up with them just to just to get to know them a little bit better. That way, you know, when I'm in a group setting, it's not so intimidating to where I feel like I can't even start the conversation. I've spoken to these people before. So me being in a room with 40 50 people isn't going to be isn't going to be the worst thing in the world. That's that's interesting, man. Thank you, thank you for sharing that because I know uh, it may be some people listening that are introverted and you know they thought about maybe pursuing a career in sales because they heard about how lucrative it can be, um, but they might be a little afraid or a little nervous because you know their personality is not the best fit for it. But I, I, I found it interesting how you were able to um, twist that and and you know build these relationships with these people one on one and you know and that way have some flexibility uh, with meeting these people and then talking to these people and being comfortable with these people. So that, that that's a great point that you put out. And then also I wanted to plug that book that you, that you mentioned quiet, um, which uh, is called quiet, the power of, of introverts in the world that can't stop talking. Uh, and it's by Susan Cain. So that's, that's uh, the book that still referenced earlier that he said really helped them out and, and um, gave them some perspective, by being an introvert in you know, in the, in the sales uh, space. So thank you for sharing that. So, I mean, another question. Um, so something I wanted to get into, you know, with you being introverted um, and with you kind of getting into sales at the, at the beginning and kind of falling into it. Uh, I'm wondering, did you have success at the beginning uh, when you first got into sales? You know, was it six figures right away or, you know, was there some challenges there? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good question. And shout out, shout out to Susan K. Um, has a great, te- has a great TED talk as well. If you're not much of a, much of a book reader, I just wanted to plug that. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, so as far as having success out the gate, definitely not. I, I will say to until this day, sales is a, sells is a grind. Um, yeah. It's like a eat, you you eat what you kill kind of thing, right? You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's one of those jobs where for the most part you're gonna you're gonna get out what you put into it. Um, and even then you 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 might put a lot into it and you still might not still might not get much out of it. It's just it's just one of those it's just one of those jobs. But you have to you have to have the mind state that you're gonna consistently come in every day and put the work to get to that goal. Um, because with sales, you never know that next phone call may be the opportunity that that gets you to where you to where you need to be to hit quota to make the money that you want to make. So you have to constantly put an effort forward um, in order to achieve the financial status that you want to achieve in sales. So early on, um, it's not it's not a very it's not a very lucrative job. My when I first started my uh, my first sales job, it was twenty five thousand dollars base salary, and it was a struggle. Um, I I think my first year I might have made thirty three thousand. Uh wow. So that's so that's roughly eight thousand dollars of commission over you know over that over that first full year. So that's with a bachelor degree in in marketing. Yeah. and you know, 25,000 base salary, but commission, I mean, a great thing about a sales job is commission is unlimited to a point, right? You know, that you can, right. there's not, there's not really a ceiling on commission. You could make a, you know, a ridiculous amount of money, you know, depending yeah. on what you sell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, commissions are caps. So you know, and, beauty- I mean, I guess just to explain, you had a base salary plus commission. So you had a base salary, which was the you know, fixed money that you the guaranteed money essentially guaranteed that money. you would take home, which was twenty five thousand, and then you also had commission. So whatever you sold, you earn a percentage uh, on whatever you sold exactly. or something like it, that. Yeah, it is exactly. That's typically how how sales job goes Is that you get? Is that you get a you get a base salary and, and then you get a commission on top of that. Right. And yeah, you know, I've noticed that as I move along my career, the base salary goes up. Um and things start things start to balance out. So, typically, and also just to a step back. I guess too, when you was making that twenty five thousand dollars, you were sell you were working for a company selling technology or selling computers or you know like um computer kind of devices, right, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I was working for uh for an IT reseller, so it was a it was an organization that sells everything under the sun to to businesses, so computers, printers. Uh, Microsoft software, Adobe software, um, servers, headsets, mou- uh, mouse, keyboards—you <coughs> name it—they they sold it. So they sold over a hundred thousand products. So you you did have the opportunity to go in there and sell your customers anything, which is the reason for that uncapped commission. It's just that um, those first few years at that organization can be can be a little rough. I ended up being with that organization for uh for six and a half six and a half years, and I ultimately was able to get to that get to that six figure mark, uh while still being on that twenty five thousand dollar base salary. Um, two two out of wow. the six and a half years that I was there, I was able to get to um get to over over six figures, um within within a, a sales role. So. Wow, how long did it take you to reach that six figure mark? Uh, it, it took. Uh, I was, it took about probably about four years. It took about four years. I uh, and it took me switching roles, uh, which is another thing. It sells a lot, a lot. of times, you may not have sets in one role, you know, just based off of the type of customers that you may have in what they call a book of business. Um, so, which is usually segmented by territory and sometimes segmented by industry. And then uh, sometimes segmented by company size. So the book of business that you have may not be enough to reduce the level of income that you're looking to, looking to get. Um, so sometimes when you change roles within sales, you can find yourself in a more lucrative position. So when I switched to a different department uh, w- within that IT reseller, I was then able to, uh, to start working with customers, find a lot of success. I ended up selling uh, a couple of uh, deals that were half a million and and a million dollars. And that led to that led to me making over over six figures. um, Those two years. That's that's incredible, man. I I have to applaud you because, man, I don't know (laughs) if that was me and uh, I would have saw that thirty three thousand dollars that first year after college. (laughs) I don't know. I might have. I might have ran for the hills and and chosen another job, but I'm that that says yeah. something about you, you know, to be persistent like that and again continue and to go from making you know thirty three thousand dollars one year, then four years later, you know, reaching that six figure mark, which you know yeah. being you know working and, and talking to people that territory is hard to get by you know i know a lot of people out there a million dollars but that six figure territory is, is even i mean is, is is difficult as well so i applaud you for sticking with it and uh, something interesting that you said there was that um you ended up um essentially job hopping a little bit to to make that move to increase that pay and i you know i i know uh that you've been at a few companies especially over the last few years or so um and that you have job top li- a little bit. And sometimes people look at job hopping as a bit of a taboo or they look at it negatively, especially, you know, I've talked to employers before and especially some of these, you know, I don't, I don't mean it in a bad way, but some of the old timers, you know, believe that, or some of the old school people believe that job hopping is, is negative. It's not a great thing. Uh, but, you know, from what I, but one thing I will say is that I don't think this job market is the way that it used to be when our grandparents or when our parents were working, where they could stay at a, you know, company for 20, 30 years. It's not, it's not the same way anymore. And, you know, they stay at this company for 30 years, they get a pension, they get a nice gold watch after, you know, when they retire. And it's just not the same anymore. Um, and more and more, I'm seeing more and more of my friends and more of my peers, um, you know, staying at a company for two years, uh, and then going elsewhere. And oftentimes it's for a career progression, or is for, you know, to increase pay, or whatever it may be. And I wanted to talk to you uh, a little more about that, and about your experience with job hopping and how, you know, it benefited you. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, back then, it was definitely a different mentality. It, it feels like today, there's a lot, there's a lot more opportunities to to try new things. Like I, I don't think when at least I don't recall. At least when our when our parents were younger, or even when our grandparents were younger, um, much news about startups out there, and these companies just popping out out of nowhere and having this major success. So we didn't see a lot of. So I I, I can imagine that they didn't have as, as many opportunities as we have today, as many resources to find different careers and to find different jobs. That's a good point. Um, yeah. You know, we have our we have the technology like indeed like LinkedIn. Find different careers where back then you may have to network to find a different career. So, so that kind of opens up the space for us to try, to try different things. And, you know, I, I don't, I, I think, I think you have to be very strategic when it comes to, when it comes to job hopping. I don't, I don't think people should just job hop because they're facing um, they're facing certain challenges. I mean, if your back is against the wall and or if it's the toxic work environment, by all means, get out get out of that job. If it's start yeah, to protect that mental health, you know? You gotta, gotta protect your mental health if um if you're in a new position now to where you have new financial responsibilities, i.e. you just got married, i.e. you're having you're you're having a child, the income that you have at this new position that you just started eight months ago is it isn't where you wanna be financially, then go ahead, move on to that new job. I think I think what's important is to find if you're gonna job out, it's okay to make lateral moves if it's gonna be great for your mental health, but I think it's important to try to make moves that's gonna be a step up for what you're doing currently. Or at least by lateral move, you mean you know, taking a job that's the same pay or the same title. I would say, yeah, lateral moves, I would say taking a job that's the that's the same pay, I'm taking a new job that's the same pay, same title. So new going from one company with the same title and the same pay to another company with the same title and same pay, you think people should try to avoid doing that? Yeah, kind of I, w- move. I, w- I, w- I would say I would say same responsibility. If you're gonna have the same responsibility respons- responsibilities at this new job and stay there for two or three years, you gotta ask yourself, well, am I am I building out my skill set to make myself appealing? For a job that's a step up above this. Now, okay. if you see that within this this new company that you're going to work for, the career traje- the career trajectory is um you know is one that's that's favorable, whereas maybe at your old company you didn't feel like there was room for a promotion, you didn't feel like there was no you felt like there was no upward mobility, then yeah there's always reasons there's always a, 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 a steps to the role right to where it makes sense to kind of make those lateral moves but i say try to find some try to find a job that's gonna that's gonna be challenging i think with every with every job hop that i've made thus far it has definitely helped me to build out a different skill set and has thrown me into something that i've never i've never experienced before, which has been exciting and i think has caused me to developed my skills a lot more a lot more quicker than what I did uh, at least my first six and a half years within the sales role. I think I think over the last two and a half three years I have developed my skills at a much greater at a much greater pace um, which has in turn allowed me to command more more uh, more money when I am at when I am uh, transitioning to new jobs. Great, I, I like that. I like that advice. I like how you said, you know, if you are going to job, how you need to be strategic about it. Uh, you need to be essentially. You need to be thinking, you know, two, three, four, five steps ahead. If you're going to move to this company uh, and take this position, then you need to be thinking about what your next move is going to be. How are you going to leverage this position, or is this a you know career move, and you're going to make you know uh, this percentage increase in pay. Uh, and get this title or is this a you know, short term uh, job opportunity that you're going to take where it's two years and then you move on to the next? Then you need to be thinking about what that next move is going to be. Um, so that I, I like that. I like that. Like that advice is very, very solid. I think. Um, when you when, when do you know that it's time uh, to leave a job? You know, I, I know I forget how many jobs are different companies you work for in the last few years. Um, I think it's three in the last three years, but all good roles. Um, but I'm curious, what's your thoughts, and when 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 do you think it's the right time, or when is it time to leave a job and look elsewhere? Yeah, Kinda touched I on mean, it a little bit with you know if your back is against the wall, and you know I, I take that as if you're in a position where you think you, or feel like you may end up being let go, or or if uh, you're in a position where you're just not being successful in this in this system that you're at and you think you can be successful elsewhere, or if it's, you know, the work life balance is not that great. You know, I could understand those examples, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts, you know, on that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you hit the, uh, no, right on the head with, with a lot of those examples that you just, that you just mentioned. Uh, I mean, for me, I, I've been at four different companies over the last three years. And I think the place that I'm at now is where I'm trying to set down some roots to actually, actually stick around for a few years. But for me, uh for me it had more so to do around, well, do you think you're in the financial position that you that you want to be in? Do you think there's a different place where you can make more money? Do you think there's a different place where you can have more of a more work life balance? Uh for me, when I when I just made my recent move, uh corporate culture was was super important, so I went in a place where I felt like I could be it'll be my authentic self uh, at work. You you mentioned about how there's not a lot of a lot of black people in sales. Um, that that tends to be the case, especially at some larger companies. I, I found out early on, um, but when you when you are one of the few black people in sales, you definitely don't want to feel like that you have to come in and code switch. You want to you want to feel like that you that you can be your authentic self so corporate culture uh, is, is always support to me if I feel like it's a toxic environment or if I feel like that they're not really accepting of you being your authentic self uh, then then I feel like it's appropriate to make a to make a to make a hop uh, elsewhere and then lastly I would say if, if you feel like that you're not and, you know, this, and this is different for everybody, but if you're one of those individuals where you want to come into work and you want to feel like, hey, I'm getting a challenge. Hey, I'm bringing value. Hey, I'm building out my skill set. Um, I can't stay at a job where I feel like I'm just being complacent. I can't can't be at a job where I feel like I'm just being stagnant. Um, I feel like I need to always be learning. I feel like I need, need to always be growing. And if it gets to that gets to that point in a job where I don't feel like that's happening especially if I feel like it's for (coughs) excuse me especially if I feel like it's for a period of time then that would be the point where I would say hey I need to look elsewhere I need to find something that's a little bit more challenging for me um and 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 build up my skill set further so I can further my career that's dope man that's I I couldn't um you know I I I believe that hundred percent. I, I really liked what you said, um, especially about being your authentic uh, self, you know, you know, having to go to work somewhere that you're at, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours every day. I mean, you're spending a lot of time there. I think it's very important that, you know, that we're able to be our authentic selves and that we're able to, you know, not have to pretend to be somebody else. Cause I think that can be so draining and can really have an effect, especially on your, on your mental health and on your stress level, you know, you know, and I think we can work better and be better people if we can be comfortable and be our true selves at work. So, man, that's, that's great. You know, a lot of times I feel like, you know, especially not so much at my current employer, but in previous employers, especially starting off, felt like I needed to, you know, change my voice and have that, you know, that, that work voice, uh, you know, different than what I, you know, what I talk like on a normal basis and I had to dress and act a certain way. And, you know, I don't think that should be the, the case. And I think those, uh, type of attitudes uh, in work is, you know, based off old thinking and, uh you know, and and um, just old values. So, so I, I appreciate that, that point there. Um, the, uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about as far as job hopping is about um, how do you address something like that? Say you're in an interview uh, and somebody asked you, because people have asked me this before, because I've, you know, I've over the last few years, I've been at a few different jobs. I mean, this company I'm working at now, I'm hoping to be at for the long term. And I, I've been here for a couple of years now. Uh, but I've had, you know, companies ask me before about, oh, you look at my resume and say, you've been at this job for 15 months. You've been at this job for 15 months. You know, why should we hire you? How do you get around a question like that in an interview? Um, and how do you use job hopping to your benefit and, you know, answering that question? I you know I usually try to be as tr- transparent as possible and have a specific explanation for each each recent role that I that I might have left. Um, you no know, reasons reasons that I've used before maybe financial. It may be this was more of an operations role opposed to a sales role, and I wanted to get more into a customer customer facing role again. Um. It 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 can simply be this company is a company that I wanted to work for, um, so I thought to myself, let me let me just apply while I wait two years, right? Um, so I mean, so usually it's, it's built around, hey, I thought this was a great opportunity. I this role that I'm currently in is not a role that I that I thought it would be, I thought it would be something that would allow me to, to spend on my skills or, Hey, this role was that uh, a culture fit or a financial fit for me. And usually when I, when I explain it in those ways, companies are usually pretty, pretty understanding. And, you know, this question, usually that causes them to relax a little bit and they they kind of throw that out the window, but like, but like I said, I'm at, at my current position, my hope is to kind of stay here for a while. Um, I, I will say that the fact that I I worked in my first job for six and a half years is uh, is great to have on our resume because they know that I can that I can stick it out for the long haul. Mm, yeah. I, you know, if you if you're in a position where you change jobs every single year, it might be harder to explain. But I could always say, hey, I stayed at this job for six and a half years. I could definitely stay somewhere for a while. I don't have Good. to. I don't have to change jobs. I stayed with this company for a while. So I. And so and like I said, I'm, I plan on staying with, at my current position for a while, or at least with my current company for a while. So the hope is that when when I do uh, when I do look elsewhere, if that ever if that ever is the case, then at least they can see. At least they can say, "Hey, he was here for six years. He was here for five years." he proved that he can stick it out. He can stay around and and make it work his way through the challenges. So just have to be transparent and have some specific reasons as to, to to overcome that objection. And if you can, then usually they're, they're pretty, they're pretty understanding for the most part. Wow. Yeah. Those are, those are great points. mean, what I heard there was that you have to be transparent, you know, when asked about that and give specific reasons on why you left this job and be prepared to give, you know, specific good reasons on why you left the job. And it can't be just any reason, like, you know, I was tired of working there or any, or something like that. You need to be able to give specific, you know, great answers on why uh, you left that job. And then also, like you said, another good point was um, being able to look back to your initial experience with the, the company that you worked at out of college and say, look, I stayed here for six years. So being able to point to an example of, you know, being able to stay somewhere for the long term and uh, being able to show that you can be committed, you know, for a long term, you know, helps out on the on the resume as well. And not just these one year stints at different places. Not that there's anything wrong with that, as long as you're, you know, strategic and can explain why you left uh, and why you changed jobs over these years or so. Uh, so that's good, man. I'm glad you were able to debunk uh, the myth of you know of that being a negative trait and that being taboo and looked down upon, and that you can actually use that for your good and that you can actually, uh, you know, make six figures and and be strategic about your job hopping. So that's, that's great, man. Thank you for, you know, explaining that. And uh, on the, in the same, on the same line, you know, and talking about resumes uh, and talking about explaining your resume, I know that you used a uh, resume writer before uh, and I'm not sure if it was used to help out with the job hopping aspect or not, but, uh, in general, I just wanted to ask your opinion about using a resume writer and um, the benefit that you got from that and, you know, how that helped you in, in progressing in your career. Yeah, for sure. So I, I used this uh, woman named uh, Brittany Applegate. I just uh, ended up becoming social media friends with her um, just based off of mutual friends. And she started a, a, a resume agency. So I um, saw that she was doing some great work. and I wasn't necessarily looking to job hop at the time or to leave my job at the time, but just to be prepared and just to support support a black, a black entrepreneur, I went ahead and got my resume done. And I've been using the same resume template for years. So um definitely look, look better than my standard resume and I've gotten compliments on it. So it was it was beneficial to go to go to someone and pay them that money, and allow them to do something that they're skilled at because all, all of us aren't creative writers. All of all of us don't know how to design in Word or how to design in InDesign or, or whatever or whatever that resume uh, resume uh, builder may be maybe leveraging, but. So, so it makes sense to kind of tap into an expert. And I, I think it's been beneficial to me because because like I said, I've got a compliment on the, on the resume. It's a nice sleek design. Uh, the only thing I have to do is go in there and update it and change the verbiage every now and then whenever I am looking for a job. But it's a, it's a nice template to have. It's a, it's a nice, nice piece to have uh, when, when you're out there job hopping. And, and a lot of people probably think, oh, Resume doesn't matter. I can come through with the with the basic resume. Got to keep in mind that a lot of times, a lot of times, uh, uh, these recruiters might be looking at your resume for five to ten seconds, depending on what industry you're in. Of course, you know, in this day and age, there is a LinkedIn and Indeed you probably crawls and finds the keywords and able to find the best fit for the, the well, able to find the best candidate for the job, and they'll tap these recruiters on the shoulder and say, "Hey, Vasylis is a good fit." So. A lot of times they may not be looking at your resume, but understand that that's the first impression that they have of you. So if they see a resume that has a, a nice sleek design, it's, it's well put together. It seems like you put a lot of thought into it. Then that can bo- just boost your chances of getting that call back and getting to that next interview stage. So That's that's dope, man. And a uh, shout out to Brittany Applegate. I don't know her personally, but I know her of her. Um, she has a, you know, Nice reputation with resume writing. I know people that have used her in the past, including of course UV, my brother. Uh, And you know that was an interesting point uh, that she made about the resumes and about being a sleek design and about you know this being your the is your first impression. That's how you normally get your foot in the door. That's the thing that you send to the hiring manager if it's on LinkedIn or if you're you know um, applying for the role on the job site or whatever it may be, that's the first thing that they normally will see. Um, And that's why, I mean, it's so very important. And, um, you know, I haven't used the resume writer before, but, you know, I definitely had a lot of work and I had a lot of people review my resume. So even if you don't want to pay the money uh, for a resume writer, make sure you're having somebody review it. Uh, If you know somebody in HR or in recruiting or or human resources is what HR stand for, but in recruiting or hiring, you know have somebody look over it. Uh, I mean, even uh, your lady or or your or your man. You know, have them look at it as well. That's what I did with my wife. Uh, when I was starting out, because my resume was trash, uh, when I was in college or when I got out of college, uh, and my wife and also my frat bros helped me out a lot with uh getting that together. That's so really, so that's a, that's a, that's a really good point. I, I want to yeah. piggyback on that. That's a, that's a point. Even if you don't go to like someone who does professional resumes. You could tap into somebody within your network, right. uh, who you know, like, like Martilla said, who may be in human re- resources or may just be really good at that at that type of stuff. I, I was at a company and I went to the company's resume workshop and, the, and they were able to kind of craft some of the wording. And sure enough, after I went to that resume workshop, probably like probably a month well, probably, probably like three months later, I was transitioning to another role else, elsewhere, just based off of the advice that they gave me, that allowed me to then update my LinkedIn. So definitely tap into your network, uh, tap into people that you know who are making moves professionally, and understand like, hey, send me, send me your resume. Let me see what kind of template you have. Let me see if I can copy this template and just use it as my resume, uh, because that can be beneficial to people uh, as far as helping to make moves. <clears throat> Excuse me, and always always tell people to use that resume to update their LinkedIn too. I, I think that's so I think that's so important. So yeah, it's definitely. I think you hit a good point there. Is it's so important to, you know, make sure that you're keeping your resume updated and your LinkedIn updated because uh, even if you're not looking for a job, you never know when you may have to be looking for a job. I mean, last year in 2020 when the pandemic hit and slash the recession hit, a lot of people got you know laid off or furloughed. Uh, and and need to, and had to, you know, refresh the resume and get it updated, uh, and look for a job. So, I mean, it's, and even in times when it's not a pandemic or you're not, you know, you know, you're not being laid off. It may be a nice opportunity that comes about, uh, that you may be interested in. And it's always good to, you know, stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. So you can, you know, make sure you can, you know, easily apply and get that resume out there as quickly as possible. Um. A couple of things I wanted to ask you before we wrap up. Wrap up. I I wanted to ask you, um, you know, as I mentioned before, this show is about you know earning six figures and getting to that, getting to that, um, getting to that status, and you know, progressing in your career. And I wanted to know what motivated you to you know get to that level. You know, some people I know, you know, are good with you know money's not everything. Um, and money's not everything to me, but I think it helps. Uh, a lot to being in a good financial position and it helps to build wealth and things like that a lot of people don't really care that much about earning six figures um but i wanted to know why why were you motivated to you know get to that level and why it was important to you um i guess i mean initially i wasn't i wasn't even that i wouldn't say i was even that motivated to get six to to figures i mean my life was my life was pretty fine with the uh with the 38,000 or, or, or whatever I was making at the time, I wasn't living in, you know, a, a super extravagant life. Uh, I wasn't living beyond my means. Um, but I mean, honestly, it's it's just that once, once I got there, kind of realized the financial freedom you can have with that kind of money. So once I got there once, I was like, well, I want to get there again. And and since then, with the career, with the career progression, it's just been, it's just been this thing of trying to get to a place to where, okay, I don't want to be at twenty five thousand dollars base salary. I want to be here at the base salary. So with every job that I've taken, I've moved from you know twenty five thousand to sixty seven thousand, and you know now, now beyond that, uh, just for my base salary alone. So now. I'm in the position to where I don't need to make commission to, to get to cis figures. I need to cis figures just off of my normal pay. And then the commission adds to that. It just adds more stability to your life. It adds more financial freedom. And you know, ever since getting married and having to support a dual household uh along with my wife, that's just it's just been that has driven my motivation to to earn more. And then, as I look at other goals that I may have, whether it, whether it's paying down certain debt, whether it's looking towards the future and wanting to buy a home or wanting to start a family, I know that it's gonna make it's gonna make sense for me to have have a certain amount of money to do that. Plus, I see the life that I could potentially live. If, like for example, if I want to go on vacations, um, I could do more of that. If I'm able to earn more, and then lastly, it, <clears throat> in my world, success is is marked by various things, but one of the main things that is marked by is how much money are you making? Are you hitting your quota? Are you making money? And that's just the nature of sales. So for me, if I'm making a good amount of money, I know that I'm being successful. Like right, the, the first year that I made that I made um, six figures is when I received a I received an award from my for my job for having the top revenue for that year from uh for my team. So that so making that six figures translated to having that success that I want to have in my career, which drives that longevity in my career and drives that job security. Man, that's 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 uh dope right there. That's nice. Um you know if that peace of mind is something else, you know I was the same way, you know, I, I was, I was, um, you know, when I was making, you know, my $40,000 out of, out of college, you know, I was like, I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm making, I was making $10 an hour working at Chick-fil-A before, you know, I started making $40,000, yeah, you know, in my, in my, in my summer job, uh, prior to getting this $25,000, I was making seven twenty five dollars seven twenty five an hour. Like, right. I, I, I was making like federal, uh, Federal minimum wage. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's why I thought, you know, going for $10 to $40,000, it was like, man, I'm rich. I can, I can do whatever I want to do. But it's uh interesting, you know, to get to that six-figure mark or to, you know, increase in salary, even from that $40,000 mark that I started off at and to, you know, see that gradual increase, it was, you know, it was interesting and it, it brought more peace of mind, um, especially when you're still living, you know, within your means and you're not in you, your, you know, being responsible and, and things like that, uh, it just makes life a little easier. Um, it, it brings you a little more peace. It, it allows you to think more about your future and about your family, future, family's future and, you know, to relax a little bit and, and go on vacations. And that's, you know, always a great thing. Um, and to share experiences with the ones you love and things like that is always a great thing uh, that, that I think oh, can come with it's, that. It's one last thing that that I want to bring up on that point is retirement like a lot of us don't think about it well, retirement life insurance um health insurance like the the more money you make the the better access you have to like health health services the better access you have to healthy foods the the more likely you are to purchase uh a pretty, you know, pretty big life ins- insurance policy that's going to leave some inheritance behind. The more money you have to put towards your four hundred one k, and so it's like, yeah, when you're making twenty five thousand, that ten percent of twenty five thousand is is pities into your four hundred one k. But when but when you're making six figures and you're taking ten percent of that and you put it into your four hundred one k, you start thinking about, well, okay, can I retire early? you know, w- will I be in a position to do that? So it's for, it's things like that that kind of drive you to be like, okay, well, Hey, now I can get this premium uh, health insurance and I can get all my teeth clean instead of, instead of just the, the back sits. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you know, I, I can, I can get one lens. Okay. That's that's another no, <laughs> joke. I do. I got the joke. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like,
1: you but get I, yeah, I get saying, what you're saying. It health just help you so much yeah, more. Yeah. It
0: can just increase the quality of life so much more, and kind of give you more to look forward to. As long right. as you, as long as you're managing your money somewhat, somewhat properly, you know. Right. So right, making more money early can help you save more for retirement, and then you don't. You can think about you know possibly retiring in your 40s or your 50s or your 60s instead of working until you're 80 or you know working until you die which you know you know people say all the time like our older brother says uh, all the all the time but yeah uh but yeah but yeah I mean I get what you're saying you know it allows you to plan better and plan more for the future and um and that's and that's you know great that's the great thing about earning more money um it's not just about having these nice things but it's, it's about having time and being able to plan so that that's that's amazing uh so the last question I wanted to ask you before you wrap up is um, you know, you, you're successful, you're in sales, uh, you're making six figures. If you had one piece of, of advice uh that you could give to someone that's listening out there uh to be, you know, successful, whether it's in sales or just in, you know, corporate America in general, what uh piece of advice, what, what would that one piece of advice be? Um I think a I think a positive mind state is um uh, is it part I think you have to You have to go into things expecting a positive outcome um, in order to put your in order to push your best foot forward. If you go into something and you just think, "Hey, this isn't going to go well," or you know, I'm not going to this isn't going to happen, I think that's going to deter you from doing the things that you need to do to make it happen. And yeah, I know that's probably cliche and some people probably are at some bad jobs and probably won't believe that. And, you know, I think for those people try to get out those jobs, Um but if, if you do, if you truly believe that you're at a good job, you truly believe you're at a good place um, to try to come in with a, uh, with a positive mind state. Um, and if you're not in a positive mind state coming in and think about, well, where's my passion? Where, where, where can I transition careers in? maybe be happier and have more of a positive mind state coming in. But that, that would be my, you know, my, my top piece of, top piece of advice, device, top piece of advice is to come <laughs> in, come in with a positive mind state and, you know, be, believe that the outcome is going to be positive so that the process follows. So Yeah, yeah man. I, th- I think you hit it right on the head. It, the The mind is so important and that's where it starts. I mean, that's where, you know, that the power of, of, of the mind and laws of attraction and things like that is very important. So it's, I think it's always very important to, to stay positive and have a positive mindset. Um, and if you are in a situation where it's constantly becoming a negative mindset, uh, then maybe you need to get out of that situation and try the best you can to get out of that career situation so you can always be in a positive frame of mind so you can continue to grow uh, in your career and, and be successful. So, I mean, that's, I think that's a great piece of advice. Um, so I, I mean, that's all I have. We're, we're going to wrap up the show. I'd like to thank my brother, Vasilis Man for, for joining us uh, today and, and giving us some good points, uh, about working in sales and about job hopping and, and resume. You kind of hit, hit it across the board, man. I really appreciate you for that. Um, do you have any final words that you want to shout out uh, anybody or shout out anything, maybe plug your LinkedIn, you know, feel free. What, what, what do you want to say to the people out there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my LinkedIn is, is Vasilis, man. You can, I'm sure my name would be probably somewhere in this, somewhere on the notes in this podcast. So you can find me on there. You can add me, you can add me on Facebook as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm more, more than happy to connect with any. 80 uh, sales professionals out there, especially if you're in tech, um, let's try to take over the world. All right, man. Thanks again. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Catch you next time. All right. Catch you next time. Peace.